This is the first collection of spooky listener stories, but it won't be the last. I have more of your tales of creepy children, haunted houses, and weird happenings lined up and ready to go. You all are a deep well of spook, and I am so grateful to those of you who decided to share your hauntings with us. If you have a story, go to ghostintheburbs.com and click on the Tell Me a Story tab at the top of the page, and then share your horror. Forgive me the sound quality on this recording. It's a little bit rough at times, but your stories are so good, I know everyone will be too wrapped up in them to care. The dogs are ever-present, so you'll hear them creeping around in the background, too. I decided to record as I listened to your stories for the first time. I interrupt, speak over, and nervously laugh throughout, but I thought it would be fun to hear the terror unfold together. And last thing, remember that cozy baseball style Ghost in the Burbs t-shirt I put out a couple years ago? I don't know about yours, but mine is threadbare and not long for this world. So it's available again, but only for two weeks. Go to Ghost in the Burbs Instagram or ghostintheburbs.com for all the links. All right, now let's jump right into your spooky tales of terror. Um, my name is Emma, and this story is what I actually told on the Ghosts in the Burbs Facebook page. Jumping in already, she's referring to the Ghosts in the Bourbonites Facebook page. I'm not involved in running it, but if you just um, search on Facebook, you'll be able to find it. There are There is an awesome group of people there, and it's really fun, so check it out. Um, but the names have been changed but not the place. The place is the same. Um, so like 10 or, f- oh gosh, actually, I think 15 years ago, and my now husband and I, Alex, were first dating. Uh, we decided to go camping for my birthday. And this was in September. We went down to the George Washington National Forest in Virginia. And one of there's an area in that forest that's um, a bunch of old growth trees. And you wanted to show it to me, you said, oh, it's super cool, these trees are huge, because that's the kind of thing we're into. Anyway, um, so we went down there and we almost immediately got lost. So instead of going, the, we, we're following the trail maps, but um, instead of going, you would go up to get down into this area, you would have to go up a slight hill and then down into kind of a hollow and that's where the old growth was but we just kept going up and we're like oh this is kind of weird but he was like well I think I think it is this way let's just keep going you know Mm -mm. and we kept walking it ended up being like six hours of hiking straight up and I was like okay at some (laughs) point we need to go down so I'm pretty sure we're lost now oh we're not lost we're fine (sighs) anyway so we just kept going and kept going um, up and granted, it was beautiful. We were kind of hiking along this ridge, and you could kind of see down. I mean, you could see down into <laughs> you could see down into the hollow. I don't know why we didn't just go down, but we didn't. Um, and at some point, it you know it got too late. I mean, it had been all day. We had not gone to. We had not seen the trees. I mean, the old growth trees. We saw plenty of trees, but they were all quite small. You know, because typically on this, when you get up high enough. Trees, at least in this area, trees tend to be slightly smaller because the big ones will fall down in the wind up on a ridge. So, you oh, know, the ones that I didn't know either that. survive or are, um, you know, haven't gotten big enough that they fall over in a, in a high wind yet. 
So, we were in this area and we had not seen, at this point, you know, this is a decently popular hiking area. And at this point we hadn't seen another human for about three hours and it was starting to get dark. Oh no. And so September, so this was like probably 7.30 in the evening. So we said, all right, well, we'll set up camp. Well, there's also no, you know, there's no actual campground. So we had to kind of just, you know, step off the path a little ways into the woods. And we did, we set up our tent, hung up our food, you know, ate our food and hung it up in the tree for bears. So this is a bear that has a lot of black bears. And then we went to bed. The only thing we had seen that like indicated there was any other type of person or human life at all we hadn't passed another person we did see over on an opposite hill we could see like lights like people were, were running four-wheelers back and forth so we're like oh, okay there's some people here well that's good so we went to bed and we were laying there when we heard footsteps and i don't know how late like how long we'd been laying there but the footsteps went on long enough that we had decent amount of time to analyze them. Of course, we did so in complete terror and silence. At first, I thought it was just me, and I was the only one hearing them, because uh, Alex wasn't moving. He wasn't didn't say anything. But they were two footsteps. I mean, I've, you know, now I live in the woods now, so I've lived around here long enough to know what different footsteps sound like, and these were human footsteps. Ugh. I thought, oh, maybe for a second, I thought, oh, maybe they were bear, which would be terrifying. But bears usually can't resist, like... I mean, they're very shy, first of all, so I couldn't imagine a bear would just walk right up to our tent anyway. He would probably be over trying to get the food. But these footsteps were circling the tent very slowly. Mm-mm. They were just one after the other. Mm-mm. Very methodical. And they were just circling the tent around and around. Um, I mean, you can hear the difference between the footsteps of a human and the footsteps of a four-legged animal. And it was really scary. <laughs> so we just listened to them go around and around and around. And I look over at Alex, and he's holding his camping knife on his chest, I guess waiting for the footsteps to, I don't know, the person, bear, to reach into the tent, just laying there completely still. And I basically passed out from fear. I just fell asleep, because that's (laughs) how I am in a scary situation. I woke up later that night, and we're like, okay, I'm still alive, that's good. It wasn't a serial killer that murdered us in our sleep. And I don't hear any more footsteps. And I look out the back, you know, the little screen window at the very foot of the tent. And I looked out into the woods that were right near us. And I saw a bunch of old growth trees and people shining lights on them. Like, (gasps) kind of swinging lights up. And they weren't really close to the tent, but they were, you know, probably 100 yards away or so. Shining lights up into trees. Like, looking up the trees with these kind of lantern-y type lights. Uh-uh. And then, you know, pointing up into the trees and then they move on to the next tree. And there were all these big, huge old trees. I said, oh my gosh, we did make it to the old growth forest. I can't believe it. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm looking at them right there, all these great big trees. And I was like, oh, okay. Those are probably, you know, nighttime hunters. Oh, that's probably what we heard. That's great. Okay. So then I fell asleep. Uh-uh. Well, in the morning we woke up and I told Alex what I saw. I said, hey, you know, that thing we heard walk here in the tent last night, that was just hunters. You know, not really thinking to myself that it was a hunter. It'd be kind of creepy that he was walking around our tent, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought it was just hunters. I saw them down the hill, and I look over to look down the hill and point to where I saw them, and I didn't see any of the big trees I'd seen the night before. It was all tiny hilltop trees. Stop. You know, really small, very spindly, not the big old growth trees I had seen Mm-mm. at three o'clock in the morning, you know, with the guys shining their lanterns up into them. He said, wait, you saw a bunch of guys shining their lights up into trees? I said, yeah, but the trees weren't there. They were different trees. So, I don't know, maybe I just imagined it. He said, oh, okay. And then he said, well, let's get out of here. And I was like, oh, how come? He said, well, last night after you fell asleep, the person that was walking around our tent crouched down and looked in (laughs) through that back window and just stared at us. So anyway, that happened. We learned later that the area we were on had been an old earthworks during the Civil War. (sighs) So... That's my story. Thank you for letting us share. Oh my God. Emma, no. That is just really, um, yeah, that's just about my worst nightmare. Being in the woods, being stuck in a tent and hearing someone's footsteps circle around and around slowly. Oh my God. And the idea of seeing, you know, Trees that aren't there through that tiny little window in the tent. And then someone crunching down and looking in. You are much braver than I am. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I will just keep that in my back pocket as another reason why I will never, ever, ever go camping. (laughs) Thanks, Emma. I have a quick story for you. Um... This was, my daughter's now 11, but when she was about three, um, I was sleeping. And you know that mom feeling when you're sound asleep, but you know when your child is awake and you're instantly awake. So I'm laying in bed (laughs) and I roll over and I see my daughter, Claire. I know you love that name. Claire. (laughs) I see my daughter, Claire, and she's standing next to me. And she has what's called her flashlight friend. And it's a little stuffed animal with a flashlight in its belly. And it's on. And so she's just illuminated in the darkness. And I open my eyes and I look at her. And she looks at me and in a deadpan voice said, there's a, there's a man in my room with angry eyes and no words. And she turned around and walked away. <laughs> That's it. Angry eyes, no words. So... I'm pretty sure someone was in my daughter's room. I cleansed the hell out of it the next day. (laughs) Can't wait to have you back. (laughs) Oh my God. Children are the fucking worst. That is terrifying. Angry eyes, no words. That sums it up. Light the match, throw it behind you, and run away, basically. Good job for cleansing the room, though. So one night when my son was maybe three and a half, almost four, uh, he's always been really good at sleeping through the night once you actually get him in bed. Uh, But this particular night, he was tossing and turning, and I heard him talking. So I got Mm -hmm. up, I went to his room, and it it was late. It was very early morning. I couldn't even say what time. But I walked in. I say, hey buddy, what's going on? Uh, why are you awake? It's the middle of the night, we need to go back to sleep. And he goes, 
okay, mommy. And then he just kind of looks at me and he goes, I love you. You're so much nicer when you're not on fire. And then, like, he said the most... He, he just, like, turned over, hitched his blanket up over his shoulder, and went back to sleep. As though he didn't just say what he just said. <laughs> that one's gonna stick for, with me for the rest of my life. That He went back to sleep. I did not. I was up for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Again, these kids, I swear, they're the worst. Hi Liz! Um, I'm not sure if you want fictional or real stories, but this is something that happened to me when I was a student a few years ago in Ottawa, in Canada. Um, I was living in a pretty rundown apartment on the ground floor, and the woman who lived in the apartment under me, the basement apartment, uh, she was probably in her 60s, 50s, we couldn't really tell, um, but uh, she was a heavy drug user and she was also selling drugs uh, actually through the window that was right below our <laughs> sitting room window um, <laughs> it was not a covert operation but we never had any issues with her she was actually really nice and very peaceful um, mm. both her and I had indoor outdoor cats um, and so we'd talk about our cats sometimes and um, she lost her keys I'd let her in the house because I was a student and a nanny at the time, I kept, you know, slightly different hours to other people. So uh, I was often home at the same time as her. A few months after I moved, uh, unfortunately, she passed away. Um, from what the police told us, she had an overdose and her body wasn't hmm. discovered for quite some time, uh, except that um, the people in the building could smell the decay um so we called the police and that's how they found her after a week um sad so after that happened i think the smell like kind of made us all a little bit paranoid i was living with a couple at the time and um the smell never traveled to my side of the apartment because her apartment was under our living room but i started waking up in the middle of the night smelling decay and it really freaked me out but I at the time I thought you know maybe maybe it was just guilt or grief or you know the fact that we'd been smelling this all week that made me do this so for about two weeks I'd say I kept waking up in the middle of the night and then one night my roommate was out and there was a snowstorm so we weren't expecting him home until the next morning but I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked down the hallway and someone sat in the armchair down the hallway so I thought he was home early. I didn't really think about it that much. I'd woken up because of the smell again but it had, it was gone when I woke up so I thought oh well yeah probably just like bad dreams. Um, next day uh, he arrived home in the next morning so uh, I asked him about you know seeing him so early asked if the show was cancelled and he was like no I wasn't home until 7am so that you know <laughs> kind of gave me a gave me pause and then about a week later I went downstairs to do laundry and this woman's um apartment door was wide open or was cracked open and there was water running and 
at this point, like, the door was, like, swinging open a little bit. And I was like, Ugh. I don't know, I've become really quite paranoid. And I, I've been joking about how haunting us, but this was, like, too much, right? Um, it had been, I think, three weeks since she died. And I had become kind of a little crazed and, and waking up constantly and, and just freaked out. So I went to the apartment. I thought maybe if I saw it, I would make peace with the fact that she was gone mm-hmm. and I would be fine. Mm-hmm. And when I went in, I found her cats. Um, after she died, the landlord never never arranged for anyone to pick them up and nobody else came oh. to clear out her apartment. So one of the cats had been taken by a neighbor or somebody who's worked in maintenance, but the other two were quite, oh. um, quite frightened of strangers and they came to me because they knew me and after i picked up her cats and i saw her apartment it was still full of her stuff it was quite devastating um and i woke up in the middle of the night again there was no more smell no more you know thinking i saw things she's just gone so that's my spooky story i guess it's kind of anticlimactic but her cats found homes and they're both doing very well that is, I think, the only time I was truly, like, haunted. <laughs> All right. Um, love the show. Bye. Oh, that's excellent. That makes me happy. I will haunt the hell out of anyone if no one takes care of these dogs after I die. I like that ghost. Hi Liz, my name is Ashley and I have a spooky true story for you and it's one of the ones that uh, I still haven't been able to explain and neither have my friends. So the location would be Gettysburg National Park and we were in the Mm. Devil's Den. Um, So we were in the Devil's Den at uh, Gettysburg National Park where obviously the Battle of Gettysburg happened and we were using our equipment because I like to go swim for fun with my friends and I had the spirit box in my ears and we were trying a new technique where I had the headphones and listening to the spirit box and my friends were asking questions and I was just staking out whatever clear words that we were getting and then we also had a voice recorder so we're walking up Devil's Den, and all of a sudden, I uh, I can't hear anything else that's going on. All of a sudden, I get a shooting pain in my side. Oh. And as someone who gets frequent kidney stones, I was like, oh, shit, I'm oh. getting a kidney stone. Because it was right in my lower back, and I was like, I don't know how we're going to drive home. I'm like, freaking out a little bit. So I turn around, because I'm hunched over in pain and I was just like guys I'm, I don't I don't really feel good my one friend was like oh okay do you want to go back to the car and I was like yeah maybe, maybe that's a good idea maybe I should just go sit down for a little bit and I turn back around and I'm facing the direction of where the pain came and it hit me right underneath the heart I got another shooting pain and I was like oh. alright well that's not a kidney stone so <laughs> We have an EVP that confirmed the fact that um, somebody tried to shoot me. Oh no. And yeah, we actually have an EVP of my friend asking 
hi, did you take fire to my friend? And directly after that, it said, yes. Ah! So, no, I've been shot by a ghost twice. <laughs> That's awesome. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that is over the top. And the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Gettysburg is the ghost adventures episode in which they go to investigate and they just kind of do some cosplay there. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Hi there. It's Mackenzie here and I uh, live in the Canadian prairies. So this story happened Ooh. to me about, well, several years ago. I was about 20. I was going through university and I was living with my sister. Um, so it happened in the evening time, myself and my boyfriend were the only ones in the house. My sister was away oh. um, and she lived in a house with a detached garage. So that is kind of important to the story. Um, so my boyfriend and I were just hanging out in my room at the time and uh, we were anticipating her coming home. And so we heard the door to the detached garage shut. So we thought, hey, she's home, perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so then a couple minutes later, we hear her walking up the porch steps and then we hear her unlock the door. <sighs> she comes in the door and she says, hello. And so we yell back, hello. And then there's just nothing, complete <gasps> silence. So we go out of the room and she's not there. <gasps> she's nowhere in the house. We check the whole house and we know for sure that we heard her voice. And then she actually ah. came home probably about half an hour later. So nothing to explain this. It's not the scariest story, but it was sure yeah, creepy scary. at the time. Um, not sure if it was some sort of doppelganger. Um, my brother-in-law had passed away in the house like about a year earlier. So maybe Aww. some residual energy or something. But yeah, totally creepy. So thanks. Yeah, that is pretty creepy. I don't like that kind of stuff. Even like mimicking voices or whatever. No thanks. All right, let's do one final story for today. When I first really noticed the ringing in my ears, it was more a recognition than a revelation. It was like noticing a historic marker sign on the road that you drive every day that you could swear wasn't there before. But oh. it's obvious from the weathering and the well-established weeds that it's been there for many, many years. Or like seeing a tchotchke on the mantle at your parents' house. You have zero recollection of it. But as soon as they say it's been there since their trip to Nova Scotia 14 years earlier, <laughs> a cog in your brain slips into place and you know it's true despite having no memory of ever before having laid eyes on this four-masted miniature schooner. <laughs> That's what it was like with the ringing for me. Once my awareness was actually drawn to it, I simply knew it had been with me for a very long time. Maybe it came on gradually and mm. had simply gotten too loud to ignore, but I don't think so. I think it's just like that souvenir boat. It was there for years in its current form, but for whatever reason, I hadn't noticed it. Mm. Once I did, of course, it was impossible to ignore. Night was the worst, but it never went away. I wished I could get just a moment of quiet, but somehow knowing that it had been with me such a long time before ever really knowing it <laughs> made me think that it would just fade into the background again. But this whole process can maybe explain why I wasn't completely shocked. 
It was more like that previous recognition, when I realized it wasn't ringing at all. It was voices. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is a good note to end on. Thank you to everyone who sent in a story. If you have a spooky story, please send it in. Just go to ghostintheburbs.com, click on Tell Me a Story at the top, and do your worst. <laughs>